Welcome to the Land of Etheria. Season 1, The Shattering. Episode 22, Oleander and the Ogre. Once upon a time, in the land of Etheria, there was a Princess Nea and a Princess Lulu, and they went on the most amazing adventures. They had just ran into Wall, an old ogre friend, while helping the dwarves protect themselves from a windstorm. Wall was desperate to find out what had happened to his long-lost family, and he had a magic map that he hoped would lead him to the answer. How many days left until the map changes? asked Lulu, referring to Wall's magic map. Wall's map revealed the locations of magical landmarks all throughout Etheria, if it was opened and put in the moonlight. The last time Wall had opened it, it gave him the location to Ella's well, a well that was rumored to give anyone with a special coin one wish. Princess Lulu wanted to know how many more nights before the location to the well disappeared from the map, and another magic location appeared in its place. We have two more nights, he said, rolling the map back up and putting it in his backpack. So what do you know about your family? Anything? Naya asked. Not much. I was raised in Tracod. I don't know if my real parents are still alive, or if I have any siblings, or even which ogre village I actually did come from. Well, Wall of Tracod... You are always welcome at Sparlin Castle, Nea said. As they headed out on their adventure, they had to pass around Mount Willow. It was a difficult hike, but the adventurers were used to it from all the traveling they'd done around Etheria. As they went, it was so windy. The winds were picking up everywhere and getting stronger and stronger. And halfway through the hike, it started to rain. And lightning struck around them, and thunder boomed in the distance. When they finally made it out of the mountain range, they were at the edge of the forest of forevermore. To protect themselves, they needed to find shelter. They were drenched from all the rain, and somewhat miserable by now. As they were searching for branches and leaves to make some covering, they came across a small hut they'd never seen before. Why, hello, said an old elf upon noticing the travelers. Without another word, the princesses recognized the elf. It was Oleander, an old, wise, nomadic elf. Being a nomad means you move around a lot and don't just stay in one spot to live. Oleander was known throughout Etheria for his wisdom and magic. It was rumored that long ago he was a warrior elf who rode griffins and fought to protect the forest of Forevermore from an ogre invasion. Oleander, Nea said, giving a slight curtsy, what a pleasure it is for us soaking wet travelers to bump into you out here on the edges of the forest of Forevermore. Princess Nea and Lulu of Sparland, the old elf said, I welcome you to my humble hut. But that one, I cannot welcome in. It is not right for an ogre here. 
I have had enough battles with ogres in my day. Oleander of the woods, Nea said, this is Wall of Tracod. We can assure you that he is of pure heart and mind. He is not like other ogres, at least not of King Balok's kind. King Balok was an ogre king in the south who had made much trouble for the princesses over their adventures. Oleander squinted his eyes and looked Wall up and down very closely. Hmm, he mumbled. He then looked at Nea, then Lulu, then Wall, then back at Nea. How can I house a monstrosity like this? He said, a little frustrated. He's huge. Just look at him. He'll never fit in any of my beds. I mean, you princesses I can house. But this big ogre? Wall took a deep breath, grit his teeth, and turned around and waved the elf off with his hand, exposing a small birthmark on his wrist. When Oleander saw it, he realized that Wall was not like other ogres. You are not a fighter? he asked. Wall looked over his shoulder and shook his head. And where did you say that you were from? Tracod. Well, maybe I have spoken too soon, Oleander said, and maybe I could find you a place to rest. Come back here. Tell me who you are. I'm Wall, and I don't know who I am. That's why I'm here. I was abandoned as a baby and adopted by my parents who were traveling between cities. I'm trying to find out who my birth family is, and more importantly, who I am. You don't say. Well, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that sometimes you have to make your own family, young ogre. And what happened to yours? Wall asked, picking up on Oleander's reference. I lost some of them in the evasion of forevermore. Others, well, they changed. Oleander looked down, honoring his lost family. It was me and Talonclaw that were left. Talonclaw? asked Lulu. My griffin. We were close, like Simon and Scorch. Oleander and Talonclaw. However, Oleander and Talonclaw doesn't quite have the same ring, does it? You wrote a griffin? asked Wall, unpacking his backpack. I sure did. Talonclaw was the pick of the litter. Elves are taught at a young age about griffins, how to raise them, how to ride them, and how to care for them. Wall looked around the hut and made sure no one else was with them. So you would know what to do with these, he said. He opened up his bag and pulled out a small crate. Inside the crate were three large eggs, eggs that were beige, with dark brown speckles. Where did you find those? asked Oleander, clearly astonished. I rescued them from some trolls. Their mom didn't make it, so I've been holding on to them, not quite sure what to do. I couldn't leave them with the trolls. Are, are they still alive? Oleander reached into the crate 
and felt the eggs. Yes, yes they are. You've done a great job keeping them warm. But they are bound to hatch soon. And then, what do you plan to do with three griffins? They will need much care and feeding. Oh, what I wouldn't give to raise these three young beaklings. Without missing a beat, Oleander took the three eggs to the back of his hut and assembled a small nest for them. You would do that? asked Wall. You'd want to raise them, I mean? Well, quite honestly, I can't think of a safer place for these young ones for now. It's no griffin keep. Once they hatch, though, you'll have your work cut out for you. I won't care for these forever. Oleander looked Wall directly in the eyes. Are you ready to be a father? Wall choked. A father? Naya and Lulu both chuckled at the thought. Don't worry, Wall. We'll figure something out, Naya replied, elbowing him in the side. Oleander agreed to watch over the griffin eggs while the adventurers continued on their journey. But on one condition, that he would be able to gift one of these griffins to his grandchild. Wall agreed thinking there could probably be nothing better for these griffins than that. The next morning, the travelers left the hut amid the growing wind outside. Everywhere they went, bushes were being blown over and trees were bending in the wind. Everyone's hair was getting so out of control, they all had to cover their heads or wrap their hair somehow. As they were traveling through the fields, they started to hear a noise. Not just any noise, but instruments playing. The music sounded familiar, so they took a detour to go explore. As they got closer, Nea and Lulu were astonished to see Prince William off in the distance, camped out with a handful of other travelers. "'Prince William of Cedar Landing!' shouted Nea. William looked up from his guitar and gave the two princesses a wave to come over. "'Nea, Lulu, so good to see you,' he said, then looked at Wall. I see you've met yet another ogre friend. Prince William of Cedar Landing? This is Wall of Tracod, Nea said, introducing him. Well, Wall of Tracod, I hope you are as noble of character as these two. Wall just half nodded, not quite sure what to make of Prince William's comment. Prince Clef, Lulu said, pointing to another member of William's party. Clef set down his lyre, and walked over and greeted the princesses, then turned to Wall. I'll be honest, we don't get many ogres up in Skyrabia, Wall of Tracod. If you are part of this adventure we're on to save Etheria, you should come visit sometime. And he extended his hand for a handshake. Up in the sky? Wall asked. Ogres in general did not talk much about the land of Skyrabia in the sky, or of Tortura under the sea. Ogres were generally a tribal species that stuck together. But the idea of traveling to the sky or under the sea intrigued him. Yes, you must come visit, insisted Clef. Now let's catch up on our adventures over some food. It sounds like you've been on a special mission from Tuck and Ryla as well. The two parties sat down and began sharing their stories. Clef shared how he had seen the shattering from the glass castle in the sky and remembered some old legends that his parents had told him. After documenting the shattering and building a map, 
he went to go find the green crystal with a friend, only to meet up with Ryla. Ryla quickly told him, as she did William, that they needed to start training. They needed to prepare, said Tuck, for an upcoming battle. They needed to protect Etheria. So they have been training all across Etheria, Tortura, and even Skyrabia for some time now. William's story was similar. Shortly after heading off with Paul and Ola, Ryla had found him as well and began training him as a protector. The group here were now ta- taking a break from practicing hand-to-hand combat at the edges of the forest. As the group started to eat, Wall opened up his backpack to find a small, heavy purse in it. He noticed that it wasn't one of his own. It must have been placed there by Oleander before they had left. When he opened the pouch, he found a note on top of a small pile of gold coins. He picked up the note and read it. My fellow adventurer, please take this as a small token of my thanks and error last night. I have been told that you will need it as you continue on your path. It was not by chance that you came upon my door, and I sense this will come in handy for you and your party. Wall looked in the bag and noticed that there was a small pile of regular Ethereum gold coins, and there was one larger one that was definitely something else. Possibly a special elven currency? As they camped that night with William and Clef's party, Wall dreamt of what he could do with those coins. He had never been one with extra money, so the thought of having some excited him. He did not, however, know just how valuable one of those coins would be. The End The Land of Etheria is produced by a father-daughter team and made possible in part to its supporting fans. It's contributions from fans like you that keep the adventure going. If you enjoy The Land of Etheria and would like to see more episodes, please visit us at www.thelandofetheria.com and consider supporting the podcast. Thank you and have a great night.